encouraged, although we don't live for it. It's good to be encouraged, but we don't live for it. Hey, if you want to clap me, that's fine. If you don't want to clap me, just don't. Don't clap because you've been asked to. That's what I don't do. If I'm going to clap, I'm going to clap. If I'm going to cheer, I'm going to praise God. But I'm not going to clap just because I've been asked to. And, you know, we don't need your encouragement. We don't live for it. And so if you're going to, you know, if you've ever been to a festival or you've ever been to the theatre and they get a standing ovation, wow, when they clap, it's amazing, isn't it? But yet when we come to a Christian place, we like do a little... But hey, I'm not making an issue. I'm doing when I clap, okay? <laughs> but do we clap for the Lord? What do we give to the Lord? Is that all? Oh, is that an indication of how we are when we worship? We just give Him a little bit? Are we conscious that maybe someone is aware of what we are giving to the Lord? I'm going to be, we're going to start a, a series this, uh, this week on liberty. Um, we're going to be t- talking about liberty, Christian liberty, and it's very interesting, a very interesting study. Um, really good, good for us to go through. There's a real sense of the presence of the Lord here this morning, isn't there? That's why I felt at liberty just to say what I said. I'm just throwing it out. I, oh, another thing I want to say is there's somebody here this morning, and it has cost you, and it's been a pain, it has been a pain for you to give your offering this morning. Uh, you know, you've got loads of bills to pay, you've got a lot of things that you need to do, and you've given your offering, I want to encourage you this morning by saying that the Lord has seen what you've given. Maybe no one else will ever notice, no one else knows, but the Lord has seen the pain, the hard work, the labor, the, 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 what you've gone through to be able to give. It's not the amount that you've given, it's the heart that you've given it out of. And the Lord sees that. And the Lord, you know, the Lord appreciates your, your offering this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to be looking at the theme of liberty. Can I get this thing to work? I've done it one way. That's it. Here we go. Liberty, yeah. In Second uh, Corinthians, hey, could you put this down a bit? I think it's a bit loud. Do you? Is it all right? I mean, I'm just talking low. Sylvia's going, yeah, put him down. Yeah, go for it. Because once he gets excited, he'll be, you know, he'll be shouting, and I'll be going like this. See, you don't see it, but I see Auntie Sylvia going like this. Second Corinthians chapter three and seventeen says this. Now the Lord is that liberty, and where the where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. I once had a a, 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 a built a boat, a small fishing boat, and uh, I really knew that I had to call this boat liberty. If you've ever been out in the sea in a beautiful day, it has a great sense of freedom. There's a great sense of freedom. If you're all alone and you've got you and the Lord in the open sea, you can sense the liberty and the freedom of the sea. And I've got this fascination with this liberty because the Lord Jesus set me free. I know what it is to be set free. 
I know the power of that freedom in my life, my life and I, I just want to share about the liberty of Jesus Christ. The liberty that the Lord has given us is absolutely amazing. What He's freed us from and where He's brought us into. You see, He didn't just set us free. He didn't just take the chains off our lives and our, of our hearts and of our, our arms and of our addictions and of the things that we were getting into. He didn't just take the chains off and left us alone. I remember him watching Roots, whoever saw the, the program Roots when I was a kid. And what happened was when the slaves were freed, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to go, and so they just wanted to keep serving because that's all they could do. And if you look at the children of Israel, when Moses took them, took, took them out, of, uh, out of Egypt, they still didn't know what to do because they were going back to the mindset of being a slave. If you look around about, if you think of different things and programs and, and even maybe uh, movies, you can think of the Mel Gibson movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Braveheart. There was one bit in there, and it was it was very interesting to watch it when he says this. He says, "You may live, and one day you'll be lying in your deathbed." And I love this little paragraph. It says, "One day, and one day you will long for that moment, that opportunity to be able to be free, or to live and be free." You see, we can live, some people live their lives, and other people just seem to die. I want to live my life until I die. I want to live till I die. I want to be free. I want to be free if I want to do what God wants me to do. But everyone is crying out for freedom. Everyone is crying out for liberty in the world. What does this mean to you? When you hear about liberty and freedom, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to us? There's all kinds of liberty. There's women's lib. There's gay lib. And now they're crying out for children's lib. Everyone thinks now that they have a right to voice an opinion. To question authority at every moment in time. Kids are gr- brought up into school systems where they are encouraged to question authority. Even the authority of God. I remember one day we went to a parents' evening with Emma. And, uh, and in the parents' evening, the teacher turned to Emma and she said, you know, you don't need to have the same opinion about as your mum and dad when it comes to gay issues. They were trying to condition her that gay rights and to be gay was okay. Now listen, we are not against gay people here. We, we accept gay people how they come. We accept them, but we don't believe that it's right. We don't believe that that's our destiny for them in life. We believe that they ought to be free. The same as every one of us has been free. None of us deserves to have freedom. God has given us that liberty. He has given us the freedom out of unconditional love towards us. 
What does it mean when you hear the word liberty? What does it mean to you? And so everyone we are taught has a right to question authority. And then everyone ends up having an opinion. Everyone thinks that this is how it should be. Can I ask you this? Can we do this? This is how it ought to be. And then that actually creeps into the church. And people think they have an opinion, or should think they should have an opinion, everything that happens in the church. Some things we cannot explain how we do things. We just know that it's God. But you know something? Our responsibility is just to be faithful to God. To be faithful to God and to honor Him. We don't have to question everything that He's doing. Sometimes my kids will come to me and they'll say, Dad, can I get a sweetie? Can I get a sweetie? So sometimes I'll give them a sweetie. Not often that I have any because I usually eat them all. But sometimes I'll give them a sweetie. And uh, sometimes I won't. Sometimes we don't. No, because sometimes they're going to eat a full meal. And sweeties is only going to come in the way of that meal. Well, every time, you know, every one of us sometimes thinks we have an, ought to have an opinion in certain things. And then we've taught that there is no absolute. There's no absolute. Not everything goes. If it feels right, it's okay. You decide. You decide what's right and what's wrong. You don't need somebody to tell you this or somebody to tell you that. The world looks at the church. I remember a guy when I went to sea with him and he used to say, I'm not having any old monies telling me what to do. Not this money. I don't need any old, old money telling me what to do. And so what happens is, that creeps into church and people almost think, I'm not having any Bible tell me how to live my life. I'm not going to have any any pastor or any leader telling me what's wrong or what, what I have to do. And it creeps into church. And we eventually think we cannot take any authority from anyone, not even God. We, we think we have a, a, a reason. We think we have a right to question God. And so everyone wants to please themselves. And so we think that that is liberty. Is that liberty if we can all just do what we want? Remember the 60s? The, light, the, the time is a decade of free love. Everyone can do what you please. It doesn't matter. You just do what you want. If it feels good, do it. It's okay to do this and to do that. Now what happened is they became a slave to that lifestyle. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 8, in verse 34, it says, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So even that liberal, be liberal, you become a slave to that lifestyle. If a man has slept with a, a lot of women, what happens is he longs for a relationship. But he has become a slave to that relationship that he's had. He becomes a slave to that mindset. The images, the things never leaves him and he becomes a slave. He thought he was free, but now he becomes a slave to a sinful lifestyle. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters, one or the other. Now the question is this. 
Whose slave are you? Whose slave are we? Are we a slave to sin? Or have we been set free? Are we a slave, a willing slave, to the Lord Jesus Christ? To live with the liberty that he has given us. See, to the world, liberty and the Bible just don't connect. People look on at religious people and they just simply don't connect because they think liberty, I don't want to be bound by rules and regulations. But when you love the Lord, it's not about rules and regulations. It's because you just simply love Him and you just want to please Him. And you just love Him so much you want to please Him all the more. It's not about rules and regulations. When you love Him, you just want to please Him. And you have the liberty to please Him as much as you want. You know something? You can live. When you love the Lord, you can live. You can do anything you want. Because what you want is, is to please Him. Am I right? Now we do certain things that we're not proud of, but all we want to do is please the Lord. And you know what? You are at liberty to do as much of that as you want. Please Him. Live your life for the Lord. Live for Him. And so we were starting this series on liberty. And... uh, I, was, I wanted to take it right back to the very beginning. When we look at liberty, it's quite a long subject. There's so many topics that we could actually speak about. But in Genesis 20, 1 and 26, it says this. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The first thing I want to look at is when God created mankind. Next one, please. When God created mankind... He gave mankind a liberty to think. He gave us the liberty to think. God created mankind, and He created mankind in His image. And what's amazing is, God started with nothing. And He created something that was absolutely beautiful. And we are created in the image of God. And we have within us a creativity within us to do something absolutely amazing. Now some people will say, well, it says in the the book of Ecclesiastes, there is nothing new under the sun. Now it does say that. But you need to realize when Solomon said that, he was in a backslidden state. You need to realize he was a backslidden man. He was away from really, he was away from God. His lifestyle was beyond anything that probably some of us has ever experienced. And so he said, there's nothing new under the sun. And the amazing thing is God allowed that to be put in the Bible. So it's amazing how the Bible works. God doesn't just take the good things of men and put it there. God allowed even Solomon's words in that state to be in the Bible. 
But God has placed within every single one of us creativity. We ought to be the most creative people in the face of this planet. Wow. I'm not very good. I I'm not very creative. We start to think and say these things and we speak it over our lives. But you know something? The Spirit of God is in us. And He was creative. Look what He did. And look what He can do with you. Imagine what you could do or design or plan or be if you were simply given a blank page and you were told, here's a mandate to write something amazing and new. So I wanted to look at a few things about creativity, or creative people rather. Creative people are full of curiosity. Are you curious? Why does that happen? What happened? Why does that make that happen? I, I was with uh, Jeff, it's about Jeff Hurston uh, on Friday. We went to see about something. And I, I drove up to his car. Who's ever seen Jeff's car with silver paper in the front? Come on, have you noticed it? Come on, creative people are observant. Come on, have you noticed? Right? Okay, who's ever asked him why it was there? Who's ever asked him, why, Jeff, have you got silver paper in the front of your brand new Skoda? Well, I'm curious, so I asked him. I said, Jeff, tell me, why have you got silver paper in the front of this brand new Skoda? Because I know Jeff, and I know Jeff is very creative. In fact, I know Jeff got awards. He wouldn't tell you that. He keeps a low profile. He wouldn't come on the stage. He would never speak up here or nothing like that. He's not confident. But I know that he is very creative. I know he actually got award for being creative. So I said, Jeff, why have you got silver paper in the front of your Skoda? He says, well, I'll tell you why. He says, I only ever drive from a house to the church. That's as far as I drive, from the house to the church. He says, and if I blank off the radiator, by the time I'm down, halfway down, or even before that, the heat is in the engine, and I'm, I'm finding warm. I thought, that makes sense. It does, because that's as far as he drives. But I was curious to know why he did that. We need, to, we need to be curious. Why does that work? Creative people are curious. Next thing about creative people. Creative people are problem friendly. They don't see a problem and say, I'm away. They see a problem and they see a need and the need is a cause. One of the things that happens in this place, we work with a lot of people, and sometimes they can't wash their clothes. They may be able to have a wash, but they can't wash their clothes. And I'm thinking now, we need to get a washing machine. Because the need is a call, and the need is a, it's what we need to do. Creative people are problem friendly. They don't see a problem and say, uh oh, I'll leave it. 
No, they try to find a way around it. Try to see how they'll get through it. Creative people value their ideas. In other words, a creative person, when they're going along the road, and they see something, or something comes to them, you know what they do? They write it down. How many people have got notepads this morning? None. Oh, one, two, three. Wow, here we go. Oh, great. Creative people write things down. You see, if I was coming to church, and I was sitting in church, and I didn't write anything down, the chances is I've wasted what the preacher's saying. I mean, even sometimes I come and I preach, and someone said to me, was it last night? I think it was Joe. Oh, I really enjoyed it, what you preached about the last time. And I thought, I forgot what it was. And that's you after actually doing it. But when we go to a conference, when we go to church, we ought to have a notepad so we can write things down. If that comes in the form of an iPad, if it comes in the form of a a phone, if it just simply comes in a piece of paper, write it down. You'll forget it. When something amazing comes to you, you'll be driving. I'm not saying to you, stop stop the car and write it down, of course. Creative people keep a notepad. Creative people embrace challenges. What's the challenge in your life? You may be thinking, this is too hard, this is too difficult for me, Lord. You know, but the Lord has put that challenge there for you in order to grow. He's put that challenge for you just so that you can sharpen and grow stronger in the Lord. Sometimes if you're crying out, Lord, give me patience. You know what the Lord does? He puts the worst person that you can find the one that is so annoying, the one that just really rattles your cage, like the Luis Suarez of football, and he puts him next to you. Which, why is that? Because he wants to grow patience in us. Patience. The next thing is creative people are full of enthusiasm. They're enthusiastic. Are you enthusiastic about life? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll just get by. Well, creative people are enthusiastic. Creative people are persistent. They don't give up. They keep on going, even though it's tough. They know how hard it is, but they keep on going on and on and on. They just keep on keeping on. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. I've seen many a week we went to the fishing, I always bring it back the fishing, and you were shooting and hauling and shooting and hauling, everyone was against you. Oh, you should be here, oh, you should be there, oh, you should be doing this, oh, you should be fishing for this, and then you persist for maybe nine days and you caught, caught, you catch basically nothing. And then in the last day, because you persisted, I was listening to a story yesterday about uh, miners that were caught, they were caught, there was an accident and they were caught in the mine. And they decided that they were going to dig their way out of this mine. And they dug and they dug and they dug for days and the people were coming in from the other side. And they kept digging and eventually they, they just stopped. They just stopped. Day later, a day later, When they stopped, they died. 
They just stopped digging. Gave up the ghost. They stopped digging. And you know what happened? The rescuers found them. And you know what? They were an inch or inches away from freedom. I want to tell you this morning, persist. Don't give up. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your husband. Don't give up, even though it looks dead, even though it's dark, even though you feel like there's no way out. I want to tell you, keep on persisting. Keep on going. I want to tell you, we need to be encouraged. We need to encourage others. You know what? The Lord encouraged Paul. And we need to be encouragers. I want to encourage you, keep on going. Keep persisting. You never know when that breakthrough is just going to happen. The next thing is creative people are dissatisfied with the normal. They're not satisfied with just living normal and being mundane and doing nothing about life, getting by, getting their paycheck, getting their, getting their food in, their groceries in, the, in the, the time of week, and this and this is for that and that's for that. Creative people aren't satisfied with that. And they know that and they're content with the fact that they're driven to find their destiny and purpose in life. Creative people are optimistic. Are you optimistic? Are we optimistic about life? I want to tell you that creative people are optimistic. They're not pessimistic. They're not, oh, no, I didn't like that this morning. Did you hear that? That wasn't any good. Oh no, he's no good at working. He can't do it. He can't do the job. No, no, no. He's a, he's he ain't good. He ain't good. Ah, uh, well, uh, you say what kind of day is it? Ah, it's snowing. It's not snowing. It's frost. Ah, oh, it's you know, it's 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 always snowing. I have a bit of fun with my uncle. I always phone him and I say, he always says it's frosty. So the first thing I phone and ask him when I phone in the morning, in a in a summer morning, I say, is it frosty today? Not that he's really pessimistic, I'm not saying that, but I just have a bit of fun with him. Creative people make positive judgments. They take someone else's idea that maybe failed, and they never give up on it. They take a judge, they, they see something, and everyone else may give fail, no, that's no good. They will see something behind it, and they can take that, and they will, they will be able to make creative judgments. On what they can see. Creative people go for the big kill. They work towards the end. Listen, it's not about just making a, a failure if it doesn't work. You haven't failed until you give up. They work towards where they're going. They have a vision and they see it in their mind and they work towards it. Creative people are friends with the unexpected. Friends with the unexpected. Are you, are you believing for the things that you really can't see it? You, can't, you don't have it, but you're expecting it to happen? Creative people are not afraid of failures. My word, if every time I'd failed, I don't know where I would be. I think I've failed in everything almost that I've tried until eventually we get a breakthrough. There was one period in my life where I bought a beam trawler. Never beam trawled in my life before. 
And I really felt as though I had made the right decision, but it was the wrong decision. For five years I had to persist in a job that I really didn't like. Wasn't saved at the time. But I had to persist until I eventually saw a way out of it. And everyone was negative and everything was going through a real negative time. And someone once told me, they said, have you ever been to the Bergen? Now the Bergen Bank is about 190 miles northeast of Fraserburgh. It's a, it's a patch of ground that's about a quarter of a mile long by about a, a you know, quarter of a mile wide by about maybe three mile at the most long. That all the ground that there was. And so somebody told me that there was monkfish there, there was turbot there, there was halibut there, but no one had ever tried it. To try it, it meant I would have to go a, a day, 24 hours steam away from all the other fishing grounds because all around it was deep water. And so I thought, I'm going to give it a go. And so we set up for the Bergen Bank. We shot the nets. We shot a bit short. We didn't go as far as we should have. And the first haul that came up, nothing. Oh, no. All this way for nothing. Everyone was negative. Oh, it's not going to work. Nothing's going to happen here. And I started to think, oh, I've failed again. I've failed again. Put away, we'll try another one further north. We shoot away further north. And we towed for two and a half hours. And up she came. And you know something? I think to this day, we still have the record for the most amount of turbot caught in a week. The most amount of monks that was caught in a week at that day. And that was in Holland. We landed them in Holland for one week's fishing. Something like 80, 80, 180 boxes of monkfish. 60 boxes of turbot. I'm not talking fish, 60 fish. 60 boxes of 40 kilo boxes of turbot. And I thought, wow, fantastic. But you know, we cannot be afraid of failure. Now I may go through, you may go through a lot of pain and agony to get to that place, but I'll tell you, don't be afraid of failure. If you're afraid of failure, you'll never try anything new. You'll never achieve your destiny. Look at, look at Abraham Lincoln. What was it? Twelve times he failed something, maybe even more, when he tried to be the president. But the last time he was elected and he was the most significant president America has ever had. Creative people are not afraid of failure. You know something? We've been given the liberty. The liberty to be creative. The liberty to think. God wants us to think outside the box. Whatever your trouble is, whatever you're going through at the moment, God has allowed that to happen in order for you to think and come near to Him and draw near to Him and He will give you the answer. Next thing is liberty to choose. Wow. Time's going. Liberty to choose. In Genesis 2 and 16 it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat of from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. See, God is sovereign. And God, God didn't say, if you eat. No, he says, when? God knew that Adam was going to eat that fruit. But God gave Adam the freedom of choice. He gave us a free will. We had that free will. We have that free will. 
He gave us the liberty to make the choice. God gives us the freedom to choose. In Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Service of worship. And do not conform, be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that, will, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We have a choice. Within that passage, passage there, we have two choices, but there are actually three. The first choice is this. Are we conforming to the things of the world? Are we just being shaped by what the world says we are, how we should act? Are we being shaped by that? Are we simply being conformed to the way that the world has made us? The influence that we get, the media, the, 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 the magazines, documentaries, the movies, the radio. Are we being shaped by the world? Are we conformed to the world? Are we laying ourselves as a living sacrifice? Are we being transformed? That's the second choice. Are we being transformed by the renewing of our minds? You know, when we're born again, we have a new spirit within us. But we have the same mind. We need to have the mind of Christ. And by we reading the Word of God, we get our minds washed by the Word of God. And our minds are renewed and restored to what God would have in us. Not the world. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then there's the next one. And it's not in this passage, but it is true. Are we deformed? So the first one was conformed. The next one is transformed. And the next one, are we deformed? That's when we want to be transformed, but we're still conformed, conformed to the world and the areas that we enjoy. We want to be transformed, but we're holding on to certain areas of our lives. We don't want God to transform us there because we're happy with that. It's called lukewarmness. It's called compromise. Are we allowing God to come in and transform every area of our lives? Or do we say, no, no, Lord. Enough's enough. I know where I'm going. It's my life. I know how to handle it. Are we being deformed? Or are we being transformed? Are we as a church, as we as individuals, are we in love with Jesus? Are we in fire with him? Are we in fire for him? Or are we simply being conformed? Finally, the last one is liberty to lead. God gave dominion to Adam over all the creative things. And dominion simply means it's the power or the right of governing. And controlling sovereign authority. God gave Adam dominion. He gave him dominion. And in, in the fall of man, when, when man fell, it's almost like he handed it back. I don't want this. You have it. And he gave it to Satan. 
Second Corinthians 4, it says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Before salvation, we were controlled by the devil. As we see in John chapter 5 and 19, Christ, as we see that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Praise God. We have a new master. One who can break the chains of any and set free those who come to him. Praise God. Dominion, power, authority. But the amazing thing is this. In Christ we have liberty. We have liberty to govern with power. In Matthew chapter 16 we can see how Peter came to the Lord. And the Lord says, who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ. The Son of the Most High. And he says, I tell you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He gave us the keys. He gave Peter the keys. It wasn't Peter himself. It was the words that he spoke. He gave Peter the keys. And we have the keys within us, the power to break whatever the enemy is putting against you. I believe that it's within us to overcome. We have the power, we have, we have been restored to that place where we have the authority over creation. And over every decision that we make, we have that authority, we have been given that power. In our lives. We are the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy says in chapter 28 and verse 13. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to his commands. Now there's a condition. If you're paying attention to his commands. You will always be at the top. And never at the bottom. Wow. So often in the Christian life we feel as though we're not good enough. That we cannot achieve it. That God cannot use us. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't look the right way. I don't speak the right way. I can't work hard enough. I can't do this and I can't do that. And the enemy feeds into that thought. But you know something? He's given us the keys. We can unlock all of these things that the enemy has put on us. We can be free. I want to be free. I want to live a free life. I don't want to live in fear of anything. I don't want to live in fear of man. Fear of man is a massive thing. God has set us free. He wants us to enjoy that freedom. He wants to live in that freedom. He wants to live us live in the liberty that He has given us. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Wonderful this morning to hear, feel and sense the liberty of the Lord. And 
You know, when we're in God's presence, we just sense that liberty. I was, I was at the front. I was, I went to the back. I, I was dancing. I was excited about what God's done. I was at the front. And I'm dancing and I'm excited. I don't want anyone to think I'm doing it because I want to show. I'm not interested in that. I couldn't tell you who I said the front. I don't want to know who's here. I don't want it to affect me sometimes. Who's not here? Who's living in the heart tonight? I want to just worship the Lord. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if the Spirit of the Lord is in me, then I have liberty to be whoever God has destined me to be. And you too. God wants you to enjoy that liberty. And not just kind of be shy about it, but to really lay hold of the fact that you're free. Hey, Jesus paid a tremendous price for us to have liberty. And for us to be flippant about that, it doesn't please him. Let us not be flippant about liberty that we have in God. Let us enjoy. Let's thank him. Let's praise and worship him. We have been given the liberty to lead. Does that mean every one of us is a leader? No, it doesn't. We've all got an area of leadership, but we are not all leaders. Put it like this. A cod is a fish, but not all fish is cod. Does that make sense? So we are all, we are all leaders, but we are not all, we are not all leaders. A leader. But we all have a, an area of influence that we're leading in. Maybe it's a family. Hey, maybe it's just your dog. Now, I don't have a dog simply because I don't want to pick up dog mess. I think it's below man. So all those that have dogs, you know. But I really, I really do believe that we've got family. And I want to speak to you men. Men, you're the leader of your family. You are the spiritual leader. You have a mandate, men, to lead your women, your wife. You have, not women, wife. <laughs> well, I've got two women. I've got Emma as well, so I can say that. But we have a mandate to lead. Problem is, most men don't do it. Most Christian men don't do it. Most Christian men are apathetic, actually. I'm not saying that about you guys. And so what happens, the lady has to move, to, to lead. She has to direct. She has to guide. I want to tell you guys, you need to stand up and start leading. There's nothing more attractive than a man. If you're looking for a, a, a wife, some of you, you're looking for a wife, I want to tell you, you need to start leading because women like to see true Christian leadership. Don't shrink in your seats. You need to lead. You need to lead your wife. Let us have the leadership to lead. Remember that we have been given. We have been given liberty to choose. We have been been given liberty to think. We have been given liberty to lead. Love the worship this morning. And when I heard Diana praying, I was touched. Because I knew it was in line with the things I was saying. And she was praying. No matter what I'm going through. No matter what it is, Lord. doesn't matter what it is. Lord, I know your strength. I know your freedom. I know your power. I was touched. Someone can come from the outside in such a short period and can grow so much in God. We need to acknowledge that. We need to honor that. 
problem is sometimes we're in churches all our lives and we haven't been experiencing what other people have in short times. Don't be jealous of that. Courage and honour. Because we've been afraid to do that as well. It's great this morning to be able to pray for Sarah for she's completed her months. Hey! But you know, sometimes in the church we feel as though we don't have that liberty to do that. To encourage others. Let's move on with the liberty that the Lord has given us. The freedom that God has placed within us. The power that He's given us to live that godly life that He so destines us to do. Let's just pray. Time's gone. We're just going to we're just going to pray now. Hallelujah. Lord, we are thankful that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Thank you, Lord, for the liberty that we have in Christ. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're no longer slaves to sin. That, Lord, you have broken the chains that bound us. You set us free. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for where you're going to take us. Thank you, Lord, for the thing ahead that you're going to help us to create. Thank you, Lord, for the creativity that you've placed within us. Help us, Lord, to bring your word to the broken world. Lord, that we may see others being set free. Lord, we pray for tonight. We pray, Lord, as we hear the word of God tonight, Lord God, that people's lives will be set free. That people will see you for who you are. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. Have a fantastic day.